Hi, and welcome to episode 51 of Talking with Painters, where Australian painters talk about their lives and art. I'm Maria Stolger, and my guest today is Mark Etherington. There's the portraits, but then there's also the other stuff. A painting of a home aquarium where a scuba diver is caught in the tentacles of an octopus. Michael Jackson and Bubbles the Chimp sit in a cloud while a jet skier zooms along a lake below, as well as the stills from movies and TV shows, from Jaws and Rambo to Magnum P.I. and the Dukes of Hazard. Welcome to the wonderful world of Mark Etherington's art. He's totally self-taught and took up painting when he was housebound one snowy winter in Canada 12 years ago, and the rest is history. Mark's been selected as a finalist in the Archibald Prize for the last four years in a row and twice for the Sulman. His portraits of artists Del Catherine Barton, Ken Doan and Paul Williams stopped me in my tracks in the Art Gallery of New South Wales and the story behind this year's self-portrait with Granny reveals as much about his personality as his painting skill. His use of colour and composition combined with his imagination to take us into an alternate reality, at times nostalgic, absurd or humorous, but always tapping into something we can connect to. His much-awaited show Couch Potato opens at Michael Reed Gallery in Sydney on 9 August 2018, and that's about a week after this podcast goes online. I met up with Mark at his home in Sydney where he had wooden sculptures he'd been working on on the bookcase. He's self-effacing, honest and committed to his art and it was a thoroughly enjoyable interview. All the works we talk about are on the website talkingwithpainters.com. I started off this conversation asking Mark where he grew up and what he remembers of art as a child. Um, So I grew up here in um, Gaimia Bay painting and things like that I don't really remember anything oh, yeah. like that when I was a kid I remember um, we made a billy cart my dad and I made a billy cart and I remember painting that yellow with black stripes oh, when I was really young yeah I don't remember doing much art also no drawing so it's not as if you always wanted to grab a pencil and do drawings no or I don't think so isn't that interesting yeah did you have any siblings or anything yeah I've got a sister and she was really big into making um sewing like sewing things she used oh, to yeah. sew big uh, hamburger looking cushions and oh. things like that yeah so oh, yeah. I think she was quite arty in that sort of way crafty so what about at school well at school I, I year year 11 I started doing engineering science and I was in the same uh block as the art students and my my friend bill he did art and i remember i was sitting in my engineering science class and i just couldn't understand anything it was all about fulcrums and things like that and every time i was in that class i'd see bill standing out the front door just sort of standing there smiling so i was like i'm not doing this anymore i'm gonna do art so i started i went and changed to art and that's where it started i guess because it looked like an easier class. Yeah, it looked like more fun. <laughs> so, yeah. and, what, and so what did you do? Do you remember what you did in art at school? Oh, I think there was like, I remember doing a surfing sort of painting and mm. I don't, oh, I actually did some ceramic sort of um, vases for the HSC that looked like sea urchins. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all I really remember. 
Uh, after school, I did a printing apprenticeship and hated it. I'd never do printing ever again. And what did that involve? Running like big printing presses and printing magazines or things like that. But I just hated it. It was um, really repetitive and um, you sort of stuck there running a machine. It's loud and you get ink on you and you can't get it off. <laughs> and yeah, I just really didn't like it. But And then after that, I went and travelled uh, over to Canada for a, uh, for a year. And oh, came yeah. back and then went back to Canada again for another year and that's where I met my wife over there. So then we came back here. So no art at that point? There was no sort of... No. Right. So so how did it all start? Well, when, when we got married, we got married over here and moved back to Edmonton, which is in Alberta. And it's got pretty bleak winters there. So uh, I was just looking for something to do... Um, inside you know so I just started mm. painting weird little things of an octopus with um, Ronald McDonald and Colonel Sanders in its tentacles and just weird <laughs> things like that and yeah that's where so it sort had of started. You, so was he hadn't painted before that? No I hadn't painted since high school so right. my mum still has some of those paintings and um, my wife's mum and dad have a couple actually but yeah. Yeah right. They're really bad. And when you came back to Australia, had you thought at that point, I'm going to pursue painting? Uh, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to carry on painting. And um, my wife and I, we'd had Ava and um, then we had Lars. And we were looking for something to do to get out of the house. So we went and did a ceramics class up at Guymere TAFE. Oh, Yeah. And Linda Draper was the teacher there. She's yeah. an amazing ceramicist. And um, I showed her my little book of paintings I'd, I'd uh, done over the years. Over oh, there. yeah. And she said, I'm going to show them to uh, a friend of mine who is a curator. And that ended up being Peter Fay. And I don't know if oh, you know right. pa- Peter, mm. but he's, he's a really good supporter and just a mm. He's a sort of curator and collect, art collector, yeah, isn't he? yeah. yeah. So Peter put me in some shows and sort of expanded my mind a bit about not being the only weirdo making art in your <laughs> garage. So is that what you thought of yourself yeah, before that? Yeah. I so you didn't sort of think, oh, I would, I would show these at that point? No, no. I, I uh, was happy in my own little world sort of thing, but Peter sort of... I, went, I remember going to Peter's house and just seeing his ha- house was filled with art Mm. And just everywhere, and uh, it really blew my mind, and it, it was really um, different art than what I'd sort of seen as art, you know. Mm. So I think uh, Peter Fay um, got you into a group show, yeah, and then you got into lot like since. So it's been basically, you know, up from there because yeah. you've been in about over twenty group shows since then. I think you've had six solo shows, yeah. and you're sort of got major representation. Um, I mean, you've got representation in a major gallery, Michael Reed. Yeah. So you know, it's it's really sort of rocketed since then. Basically, how does that feel? Oh, it's pretty weird. Um, it's weird that people want my paintings on their walls. That's really strange because you don't don't really see where they go. I'd love to go into someone's house and say, oh, I did that. That'd be really, really cool. Well, I suppose you've got a lot of um, 
I mean, the main, like one of the main sort of feedback you get at, got at the moment is, is like you've been in the Archibald Prize, finalist in the Archibald Prize, which is Australia's sort of most notable art prize in the last four years in a row. Yeah. Um, congratulations. That's fantastic. Yeah, really great. Crazy. And I remember, actually, I remember first noticing your work with that, with Del Catherine Barton portrait. Yeah. And that was your first Archibald finalist entry. And that was um, 2015. That's pretty amazing that you, you got, how did that come about that you got, that Del was, um, would, would, was going to sit for you? Um, so Del, she emailed me and just said is there any paintings for sale and I'd sent her some photos of some paintings that I'd done and um, I just thought I'm just going to ask her if um, she'd mind sitting for me and then she said yes and I was like oh that's crazy now I have to uh, figure out how to do that so I went out and bought a uh, sketch pad so I would rocked up at Dell's studio and thought you have to do a sketch and take photos and it was the first sketch I'd ever done of anyone you know so it's really bad. Was that because you thought it would look bad if you didn't yeah, do it? Yeah, that's what artists do. They go and they sketch and then, you know. But that must be pretty amazing. Her, like, try, like, the way you got in contact with her is that she wanted to buy your work. Yeah, that was crazy. My yeah. God, that must have been a, such a, you know, compliment for you. Yeah, totally. And um, we've become friends since then sort of thing, so... Um, she's really supportive and just a lovely person to be around. And well, she's a she's a two time Archibald finalist. I don't think I mentioned she's one of us. For people who don't know, who may be outside of Australia, she's one of Australia's you know biggest uh, names, and she's been two time Archibald winner. Yeah, and she's got a she's got a painting this year as well. Yeah. really great work in there as well. Yeah. Do you talk? Did you talk about art with her, or was it really not really? Yeah, we t- I think we talked a little bit about. Um, outsider art and what sort of art we were into and we had a lot of common sort of um, artists that we liked and um, uh, it was was really uh, weird. Liz Ellis, who's Dell's studio um, manager, she was there and when I was drawing the little um, picture of her, she's like, it better be good because you're you're the first person she's let... um, Paint her for the Archies, and I was just like, oh, man. um, (laughs) You didn't didn't say to her, actually, this is the first sketch I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did say that later on. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, they're all lovely. That's well. That's another compliment to be the first person to paint her for the Archibald. Yeah. That's great. I'm I'm sure you you wouldn't have been the first person to ask her either. But Dell's not the only well-known artist that you painted because the following year you also painted... Ken Doan, yeah. um, with your painting uh, King Ken, Ken Doan in his studio. And I was lucky enough to interview Ken too for the podcast. So I've also been to his studio. So I think we're both very lucky to yeah. have been, <laughs> to yeah, go into that totally. space. It's pretty amazing. Um, what did, what was your impressions when you, when you sort of got there? Um, so I just cold called, um, I just Googled how to contact Ken Doan because I was like, I'd really love to paint Ken. Yeah. I love his work. Um, so I just Googled how to contact Ken Doan and there was two phone numbers. So I called one of the phone numbers and uh, his assistant answered the phone and I said, oh, my name's Mark. I'd love to paint Ken for the Archie. And uh, would he be interested? And she said, I'll, I'll find out and get back to you. And then a few days later, I 
got a email back saying Ken said he'd love to. So oh my I was God. freaking out. So Ken lives over in Mossman and I'm in Guymere. And I didn't know how long it would take to get there. And I had to be at his uh, house at nine o'clock. So I left home at six o'clock in the morning because I didn't want to get stuck in traffic and be late. And then I arrived at Mossman about seven o'clock and um, slept in my car for two hours before <laughs> I went to his house. So That would so have been nervous. pretty nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So because you would never have met him before. No, I think, yeah. never. Yeah. He's a very approachable person, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's a really nice person. And and that's obviously, that studio is incredible. Yeah. Um, and there's actually, if anybody hasn't seen it, it says a bit of video on YouTube, on my um, YouTube channel of, of this, the studio. And I was looking at your painting. So you've got, I just wanted to talk about the painting actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a really, I really liked it. It's a great painting because when you first go in there, you look out the window from your studio and there's Chinaman's Beach just mm. sprawled out in front of you. And so in the painting, I noticed that you've got like the top half of the painting is basically um, that view and yeah. then the bottom half of the painting is like... The studio. Yeah, the yeah. studio. And with Ken and I... and. And was that a deliberate thing? I mean, did, were you thinking about the composition of that, how you were going to deal with that view? No. I, I started off when I painted it. I told Ken this and um, I, oh, I started off painting that portrait and just painted his whole studio first with the view and the floorboards and um, his paintings and everything. And I had that finished and there was no Ken in it. So I was like, <laughs> where am I going to put Ken? So... I thought I'll put him lying down on the floor. <laughs> and oh, so right. that's just where he sort of fit into the painting. And it was a bit bit weird because it was a portrait of Ken, but everything else sort of came first. So it was really, really odd. That is so interesting because I was going to ask you about the pose because yeah. he's on a rug yeah. and he's lying on his side. He's lying down on his side, like yeah. on it propped up on his elbow. Yeah. So that's because you had to fit it into that composition, the studio that you had painted. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I didn't quite know how to fit him into it. I thought I'd have him sitting on a chair and um, standing there. And then I thought, oh, I'll put him on the floor. That's something different. So did he say what he thought of it afterwards? Um, I think when I, we did a talk together and um, I sort of told that story and I think he sort of said, oh, thanks so much for putting me, actually putting me in the portrait of me. <laughs> but he was just joking, you know, like having fun. Now, can we talk about the current, your current um, portrait yep. in the Archibald, which is called Me and Granny? Yeah. And um, can you tell me a bit, well, it's, a, it's basically, I'll just describe it quickly. It's a, it's a picture of you embracing a dog and in the background is sort of like this brick wall and you're sort of kneeling on a lawn sort of a thing. Can you tell me a bit about Granny? Granny, yeah. So uh, my wife has been on, on about getting a whippet for years and we've got two cats so um, we don't really know how a whippet will fit in with the two cats. So uh, I've sort of come around and we've, we've romanticised this idea of getting a whippet and... My son said, if we get a dog, we've got to call it Granny. So it's sort of stuck and we have this idea of Granny the Whippet and we're just uh, looking for her. Yeah, this year there were a lot of self-portraits that's been commented on. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, self-portraits that got in the finalists yeah. this year. 
Did you find, how did you find doing a self-portrait versus doing, you know, a portrait of the previous ones where they're very well-known people? Did it feel less pressure? Oh, I think it felt more pressure because I, I can't really paint myself very well and I don't, I don't think it really turned out as much of a likeness as I'd want. And I've had a few people say, who is that in the painting? And I said, oh, that's me. <laughs> really? Even though it says me and Granny. Yeah, so it's been, it's a bit hard, I think. Does, it feel, does that feel, how do you feel when people are critical? Oh, I, I don't know if that's criticism actually, but yeah. if they say something like that. Um, I think, especially being in the Archie, I think the first year when you're reading reviews and things like that, it's sort of, you take it to heart and be like, oh, they don't like my work or whatever. But I think the Archie, everyone's a critic for the Archie, so you're going to hear negative stuff no matter what. So I think mm. now I'm sort of, it doesn't really bother me. Well, it's hard to get a thick skin in, in that world, I yeah. reckon. Yeah, it's hard uh, putting yourself out there and, you know, for people to look at that's really hard. Yeah. But I was supposed to paint um, Idris Murphy um, for this year and I did a couple paintings of him which turned out really bad. So mm. I was working on this one of me and Granny and I ended up putting that in. So I'm hopefully um, going to paint Idris uh, next year. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Idris Murphy's a well-known Australian artist as well. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to move on to talk about your other work, which is like not so much the sort of Archibald side of things, but lots of paintings that you do which sort of hark back to sort of pop culture and nostalgia from the 80s and 90s. You often do paintings that refer to TV shows and yeah. movies like, you know, Seinfeld, Magnum P.I., yeah. Star Wars, The Big yeah. Lebowski, yeah. a lot of my favourite shows. And one of the... Um, paintings that I really liked was the one, the Seinfeld one I was saying to you before, where they, that episode where they've lost, you know, they can't find the car in the oh, car yeah. park. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, Elaine's standing there with the a fish. fish. Yeah, the yeah. goldfish in the plastic bag. Yeah. And, you know, Kramer's got that big... TV. Yeah, that's yeah. right, the TV in that big um, package. And, um, you know, I think for people of our generation, but as I was saying to you, even the younger generation know Seinfeld now. Yeah. That takes you immediately to a place, just strikes a chord, especially if you're a fan of the show, you know. Yeah. Um, you said that about those paintings that you get an idea and then you have to go and do it straight away. Is yeah. that like an, is it important for you to, to, to sort of get that idea down as, as quickly as possible? Yeah. I lose interest so quickly that if I have an idea, I have to go and paint it. Otherwise, I sort of something else will come along, and I won't won't end up doing it. The pop culture thing, I think, it goes back to when I was. Uh, well, it all started with Star Wars, I think. When I was when Star Wars came out, my dad uh, took us to go see it at the cinema, and that was like blew my mind. And I had to get all the Star Wars figures, and I was Star Wars, Star Wars for years, you know. Oh, right. And all my friends, and we'd all play, and you know. Um, so that was good times and that sort of stuck in my head and I still love going and seeing the Star Wars movies. And Oh, so that's a that's subject matter that you sort of thought that's what I want to paint, like one of the things you think. Yeah, because it takes me back to those good times, I think, like just no yeah. pressure, no no responsibilities. And and you, do, you prefer to be painting figures? Like you like putting figures in your paintings? 
Uh, I think so, yeah. I can't really paint just landscapes. It's got to have something in it, I think, or it doesn't look right. Like a, a bit of a story in a way. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Some paintings I, I won't know what's happening until I'm near the end of it and I'm like, oh, that's, I'll add that in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> then it will make sense. But. Oh, so it's not as if it, they're all preconceived. Like, look, because there's like, you've done a lot of paintings that are quite absurd and yeah. sort of almost surreal. Yeah. Like, say, you know, I think there's one, let me just get the name of it to see. Oh, yeah. The first time I met Michael Jackson was in the belly of a crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, well, it's a painting of you, a cross section of a crocodile, and there's you and Michael Jackson in the belly of the crocodile. Yeah. I don't even know where that came from. I think I just started making a um, crocodile out of plywood and then I, I wanted to put something in the belly of it, like, um, what's that? There's a Quentin Tarantino film, um, uh, one of the vampires, what's it called? Oh, yeah, I don't know that one. From Dusk Till Dawn. And there's one scene where there's a car driving along and then it sort of shows what's in the the boot of the car and it's someone tied up in the boot of the car and then it goes back to a normal car. So I kind of wanted to do that with a crocodile looking inside its belly and then I'm like, what can I put inside it? And then me and Michael Jackson, I don't know. It's just weird. Oh, so you started off with a sculpture. It's like a plywood cutout. So I do I do a lot of plywood cutouts like um Oh the there, I see. Like, so it's a flat piece of plywood yeah. and you've cut it out to the shape of the crocodile. Yeah. And painted it and painted in middle. Okay. Yeah. And so Michael Jackson's popped up a couple of times. I've se- I saw him and bubbles in a cloud oh, above yeah, yeah. a guy right. jet skiing. Yeah. And I just painted a <laughs> I was going to go to uh, Supernova a couple of weekends ago to meet Chuck Norris, but I didn't end up going. But my wife sent me a photo of a T-shirt counter of all these um, 80s sort of T-shirts, and there was one of Michael Jackson and E.T. So she bought me that T-shirt. I was like, yep, I want that one. So that's actually, I'm actually, I did a painting of me actually meeting Chuck Norris because it never happened, but I'm actually wearing that shirt in it. I think with the um, TV shows and things too, when I was uh, little, my sister and I loved binge watching TV shows, but my dad didn't really like the sort of junky TV. So when dad was a shift worker and when he was at work, my mum would let us watch the TV shows that dad wouldn't like, um, you know, like uh, different strokes or growing pains or like just full house uh, yeah, yeah. All those sort of shows. Um, and we'd become obsessed and we'd try to remember the names of the actors in the TV shows and um, we'd have competitions who could name <laughs> such and such character off MASH or something like that, you know, and I think um, that's where all the TV paintings come from, that sort of time. Yeah, I, I remember watching a lot of TV when I was a kid and loving it. Yeah. It was just so, after school, I just watch the whole afternoon, you know, I Dream of Jeannie, yeah. Get Smart yeah. and all that sort of thing. It's, it takes of you, Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. It, ta- it does take you back to a specific time, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. And it is very nostalgic. Yeah, I think that's probably my favourite time um, growing up, those sort of years. So I, I guess that's why I keep going back to it. Mm. Yeah. And at the moment you're working, at the moment you've got a show coming up at Michael Reed in... Um, few weeks yep. on 9th of August I think it opens yep. and what what's that show going to um, 
involved? Like what sort of paintings are you doing for that? Uh, I've done a lot of little movie posters that uh, are just films that I like, like The Burbs and um, Goodfellas and things like that, little movie posters. And then I've Mm. uh, done some cliffhanger paintings, movie cliffhanger. I'm really obsessed with that movie. Right. So would you take a scene from it? And yeah. portray that. Yeah. I've done these little iPhones with little scenes from Cliffhanger oh, on these yeah, little iPhones. And... Oh. So the iPhone is like you've cut the plywood yep. into the shape of an iPhone yep. and then it'll be like the image will be like a in the screen yeah, of the iPhone. Yeah, like you're watching it on a little phone. There's a lot of um, Seinfeld and Frasier and Murder, She Wrote and Magnum PI sort of things as well. Mm. And um, how do you feel about shows like do you do you feel like you you like having a deadline yeah definitely um I I just sort of float on until I have a deadline and then I um get to work and get it done so I think I need a deadline and did you so did you have to like how did you come up with the idea for this show is it just what you've been working on yeah just, just stuff I've been making over the last year and uh, hopefully it all sort of joins together but in in my head it joins together but I'm not sure if it does. Yeah well I was just looking at it It looks fantastic I think it's going to be a brilliant show it's very exciting. Also you don't just do um, painting because you also do quite a lot of sculpture and that's on your, your Instagram page as well it's fantastic work where you're doing and where you do like all different things you've done lately you've been doing cats Yep. But also you often do sculptures of things that were in paintings that you've done. Yeah. Or I don't know if it's the other way around, but with me and Granny, which is the Archibald painting, we're sitting right near three sculptures of you and Granny, which are very close to what it looks like <laughs> in the painting. Yeah. And they're great little, uh, they're made from, what are they, what are they uh, made from? Cedar. So I, I um, use cedar to I carve everything out of wood. I was telling you before how my wife is a ceramicist and says you should try making it out of ceramics, but I just love making it out of wood because then I have it straight away. And how do you carve it? Um, So I use a Dremel and a jigsaw and a chisel and um, a knife, just whatever I can to sort of get it how I want it. Right. And then you paint them? Yeah. Just with acrylic? Yeah. You don't seal it or anything? or? Uh, I've actually got a, a, a golden um, brand varnish that I seal everything with now. So. And do you find that, does, do you find you need to be doing that as well as the painting? Do you find it? Yeah, definitely. I think I get tired of painting and then I'll um, jump in to start making wooden sculptures and then I'll get tired of that and go back to painting. And so it's good to have two different sort of things I'm working on. Yeah, because the other thing that I I loved for your sculptures, you have small sculptures of those um, like collections of things. You know, like, for example, the chewing gum of of Robert Smith from from The Cure. Yeah. So you've got a painting of Robert Smith from The Cure and then a whole lot of packets of different types of chewing gum yeah. um, that you've put on these shelves of this display sort of cabinet. Yeah. And they look just so realistic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, there seems to be a bit of a demand for that. People really like them. Yeah. So I had a show a few years ago and um, I got a lot of commissions to make those. And uh, 
that was actually one commission that I totally forgot about. So I had to make that over the last few months and it's from probably four years ago. So Does it take a while to do those? Yeah, that they take a lot of time and I think you sort of... Um, I've sort of gone past that stage, so I've had to jump back into it. So it's taken a lot longer to try to figure out how to do it again. Oh, right. Look, what, what's complicated about it? Just sort of um, what to put in it and where to put it and what colours. And it's like everything's a sort of um, uh, um, decision on it. There's lots of decisions with it. <laughs> Sort of thing. It's not like a paint painting. Yeah. It looks amazing. Okay, yeah. I, when I saw that, I thought, I want that on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> it's fantastic. And um, do you find like because I know that you you sort of mentioned in on Instagram that your kids sort of also do artwork and all that sort of thing. Do you find that that does that help you at all seeing them doing work? Definitely. Yeah. They come up with such good ideas, and sometimes I steal their ideas and. Um, <laughs> They make things that just blow my mind and you wish you could go back to that um, age and make those things. Like, they're just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, we were talking before. You were saying that your you're sort of your painting's improving, but then on the, uh, the other side of the coin is you don't want to lose that sort of, I think you call it roughness, yeah. of what you started with. Yeah. How do you... I mean, do you find that as a bit of a struggle? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think with every painting you do, or you sort of get more skilled, I guess. But I think you sort of lose what you started with. Have you ever done any formal training or anything like that? No. In painting? No, I've never done any sort of thing. I did a one-day class, actually, with Idris up at Hazelhurst Gallery. Um, a few years ago and that was really nice meeting him and um, yeah that's we did a ceramics class together but that's about all of the schooling I've had. Well you were saying to me earlier that you know some of those senior artists sort of advising you not to not to go to art school. Yeah <laughs> yeah. So Why is that? I think it's a similar thing once uh, if you're yeah. untrained um, and then you're making work but then when you go to art school maybe you, you do lose what you've got uh, in certain ways I guess. Well I suppose you're sort of experimenting with all different things whereas you've already in a way you've got a sort of trademark in a way I don't know if it works like that with artists you know but it's certainly the case that people want more of what you're doing Mm. isn't it once you've made you're quite successful and you've got a following it's sort of like give us more yeah I guess yeah do you feel do you feel restricted in that way um not really I just keep making stuff so I don't I don't know I just like making things and um yeah I feel a bit crazy if I haven't made something in a few days I just have to make something so yeah I think that's where I'm at yeah, well, you were saying with your sculptures on Instagram, you are saying, I can't seem to be able to stop. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like a compulsion in a way yeah. that you have to be... have to make something. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just start feeling a bit uptight. If you're, you know, you can't get out there and make something or paint something, it's sort of, yeah, it's sort of a um, therapeutic thing maybe. Well, it's sort of like, you know, you think of people like Picasso who just used to just make and make and make 
And I think it's in the making that you're sort of developing, you know mm. what I mean, or exploring. I mean, yeah. I think that what is what an artist is. If they're just constantly making and producing, that's, that's part of the key to it, I think. Mm. So you've got, the, you've got your um, show at Michael Reed coming up and you're also in Sydney Contemporary Art Fair in September. Yeah. You're saying you're working on a few things for that as well? Yeah, so um, for the art fair, I'm just making wooden cats and um, I'm, I'm making a uh, wooden fireplace so it's going to look like a little, um, maybe a cat shelter or a retro sort of uh, house with cats everywhere. So hopefully it turns out how I sort of want it to turn out. So have to see. So you're carving cats and are you going to yeah. do a painting or is it going yeah, to Yeah, I'm going to do some paintings of cats as well. Well, also I think you did those fish tanks for a while, yeah. paintings of fish tanks. They yeah. were great. Oh, I think I saw those at um, Sydney Contemporary last yeah. year. Yeah. They were they really caught my eye. I thought they were amazing. And oh, I think thanks. you nearly, you sold more or less sold those out, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, I became obsessed with fish tanks yeah. for a while too, yeah. So well, they're great for your um, your type of painting because you've got just all these individual fish. Yeah. But you got into the Sulman one year with one of those. Yeah. Um, it was called That's Life, though. Yeah. And uh, that was a really good, that was a funny one yeah. where you've got this fish tank with a fish and then this poor scuba diver at the bottom being sort of attacked by an octopus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I was lucky to get into that, the Sulman, yeah. And what about, can you tell me a bit about your routine? Like, at, do you have a routine? Well, I was, uh, when Lars was born, um, my wife went back to work when he was around one and I was a stay-at-home uh, parent. So I was sort of looking after him and painting whenever I could. And so uh, I think it's still a bit like that. I sort of... Um, just paint when I get have a chance, or it, uh, you got to stop to pick the kids up from school or whatever like that. But um, yeah, so you fit it in around the family, sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the studio's in the backyard, in the garage, and um, so I can just run out there and paint when I get a chance or an idea or something, or when the kids go to bed, or you know, when you're not making dinner. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you don't have any trouble getting motivated getting started you can easily get in there and just go go for it sort of a thing yeah I think once I start painting I'm all right and do you um oh and also I also wanted to talk to you about uh living with another creative person because mm -hmm. I, uh, other guests I've had have also their partners are, are creative as well and you mentioned that your wife Kate is a ceramicist do you sort of bounce ideas off each other or help each other yeah, I definitely get Kate's opinion on anything I make and when she says that's really good, that makes you feel good. Um, Kate's stuff's just amazing. She's such a um, perfectionist. Everything she makes is really just beautiful, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're pretty lucky to have sort of an arty household, I think, and oh, the, the yeah. kids are arty and, you know good life. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, Mark, thank you so much for, for having me at your home. I've just loved seeing all your work and, and seeing your studio. And um, it's been great meeting you. And good luck with your show coming up in Michael Reed and Sydney Contemporary. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. What a wonderful guy and a great painter. Don't miss Mark Etherington's show Couch Potato, which opens at Michael Reed Gallery in Sydney on 9 August, and his work will also be at Sydney Contemporary in September. So get there if you can. I'll also be getting a video of Mark online after his show opens, and I'll let you know on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter as soon as that's available on the Talking With Painters YouTube channel. As always, you can go to the website to find links to things and people we talk about on the show. And if you haven't already, a review and rating on iTunes is a great way to get the show out to more people. So if you have time to do that, that would be awesome. I'm looking forward to getting down to Melbourne Art Fair next weekend where I'm hoping to check out all the fantastic works that will be on display. Thanks for listening and I hope you can join me for the next episode of Talking With Painters. And what was the Archibald experience like? Is it still as exciting as it was the first time? I think the first year was definitely the best, but it's still really um, thrilling, you know, to be to be included. It's so so good. And uh, my mum always comes along to the lunches, and it's really nice to see her loving it, you know. Mm-hmm.